Welcome to the Wise of Texas podcast. Wise of Texas is a nonpartisan nonprofit empowering, educating Texas South to be informed voters and partake in civil engagement. You can visit our website, wiseoftx.org, and find us on all social media platforms. This is Poonam Kaji, Wise of Texas board member, and I'm your horse today. Um, we have some really exciting news I want to share about Wise of Texas. Um, we just launched a chai blend. Um, if you've heard of our one of our trademark events, it's Civics and Chai, uh, where we get together and discuss important events. We've been doing them by webinar lately, and we decided to make a chai blend that you can purchase on our website. Um, go check it out under the shop tab on our website. They make a great gift. They're really beautiful. Um, they're so, they're or could sell out really quickly, so go check it out uh, when you hear this podcast today. Uh, we have some really great guests here today, Hannah Rafiq and Karthik Sura. They are two of the co-founders of an organization called They See Blue. They See Blue's mission is to mobilize and engage Americans of South Asian origin in the democratic process to help Democrats win federal, state, and local races. Welcome, y'all. Thanks so much for having us. Yes, yeah. thank you. Excited to have you guys. Um, I want to hear a lot about what the organization is doing, but before we do that, um, I'd love to just you know tell our tell our today. Who are you, um, Henna? Starting with you, you want to introduce yourself? Sure, happy to. So my name is Henna Rafiq. Um, I am a Texas native. Grew up in the Dallas area. Um, and I helped found some of the Texas chapters of Daisy Blue Texas alongside Karthik and a bunch of others, which we can go into. But, um, yeah, that's kind of me. I currently work in the government reform space and am going to be based out of Houston post the pandemic. Karthik, tell us about you. Yeah, I, I guess I'm afraid, unlike Henna, I'm not a Texas native. I <laughs> I grew up in Arkansas and I came here for college. I, I taught in HISD for three years uh, in the East End, really loved it. Um, and I work currently in renewable energy and I've always been passionate about politics probably since 2006 when I got a chance to meet Senator Obama, then Senator Obama. Wow. Well, we're glad you made it to Texas. Um, you know, obviously you're doing some really cool work here. Um, tell us about They See Blue and how, I, I believe that's a cute word, but you guys can tell us more about that. And, and how did you get involved in the organization and, and you know, help found these chapters? Sure, yeah, happy to. Um, so it is a play on words. So They See Blue, like They Sees, um, which is exciting, which was, the organization was actually started um, by a group of awesome folks led by Sunil Mehta in California. And they did some really exciting work around the 2018 midterms. And actually, like, we all talk about California being this, like, blue bastion of politics, but there are some red spots. And they work particularly with Punjabi farm workers to help flip some key congressional, like, a red congressional seat and saw, like, the power of the South Asian vote. And I think a lot of people are talking about it this year, but, like, Texas is the future of politics. And I think, obviously, biased growing up in Texas, but I think particularly for the South Asian and Asian community broadly, that's very true. So Daisy Blue National came down to Texas when there was a Daisy Day of Actioning happening 
um, during um, the special election out in January in the Fort Bend area and partnered with Elise Markowitz, Beto O'Rourke, Sri Kulkarni, and a bunch of awesome people. And that's actually when we met National. It's actually the only time I've met Karthik in person, yes. um, considering the pandemic. Um, and so I think we really loved the mission they were working on, and they thought that there was a bunch of really excited people in the room who wanted to put in the work, but like needed some like organizational structure to make it happen. So we partnered with them over the next couple of months to get the chapter started. In Austin, we worked with a couple, a woman named Nidhi Trahan, who's based in Austin, who helped do that work. And then Karthik and um, a couple of other people helped start the Greater Houston chapter. And then a woman named Swathi Josie worked on the Dallas chapter. And then we've now sort of coalesced our efforts into one sort of Texas statewide um, effort as well because of the pandemic and the fact that we now, geography bears no barrier now, because normally it would take us four hours to get to each other. And now we can just hop on a Zoom call. So really excited group of people and we've grown um, exponentially over the last couple of months. We started with three people probably and grew to now we have like almost 500 volunteers who are interested in like helping our efforts. So we're very excited to keep growing and building. Wow. So really, I mean, this is uh, for Texas, this is you know, an organization that started at the beginning of the year and has found a way to grow during the pandemic, which I know uh, has to be a, a unique challenge, but I, I think to your point, we're finding that the world is even smaller in a way that we can we can find ways to build coalitions virtually, and, and we've been doing a lot of that too. I know a lot of organizations are having to pivot and come up with new solutions in the pandemic and find a way to grow. Um, Karthik, how did you get involved? Yeah, so I, as Hannah said, I met her at that event, and like. It's uh, talked with my friend Raj, who had run for city council, and Ali Hassan Ali, who was the, one of the chief strategists for Sri Kulkarni's campaign. And I think that, like, there's just a, there's, like, you know, when you start a fire, there has to be raw kindling. And we just, there's so many passionate progressive Desis who got involved with, like, the Beto O'Rourke campaign and with, like, Sri's campaign, for example. And so, so many of us had, who had political experience, we wanted to be part of this national chapter because of the fact that we realized that hey, we can both um, work with people in California, in New Jersey, in New York, in Ohio, in every single swing state, and we can also make an impact in Texas, in the state that we love and that we think needs so much change for so many people. Yeah, I, I think I've read a lot lately, you know, about specifically the South Asian vote, and to me it feels like, um, you know, maybe we maybe we've been part of the conversation for for a while, but not in the way that I'm seeing our community be discussed right now. And I don't know if that's because um, you know that we're putting ourselves on the radar more. You know, organizations like yours and other organizations are doing a a bigger job. You know, of saying, "Hey, South Asians are an important population." Um, here in the United States and um, willing to mobilize, um, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of curious what, what you guys think about the South Asian vote, you know, generally here in Texas, what, uh, what does that really mean to your organization when you look at the South Asian vote and um, what, you know, what are you guys talking about in terms of the November election and um, the impact the South Asian vote can have? Yeah, so as we chatted about, um, there's over, I think Beto O'Rourke flipped a ton of districts and there's nine specific districts 
that the Democrats have to flip in order for the Texas House to go blue, which gives us a chance to get Medicaid expansion and healthcare for hundreds of thousands of folks who don't have access. And South Asians, um, there's over 75,000 South Asians who did not vote in the 2016 elections. And so there's hundreds of thousands of South Asians as well who are mobilizable in all those Texas House districts. And one of the things that we've noticed as we're trying to organize this is, as you know, like our like uh, South Asian is like a banner identity for so many, but it's sort of like saying European, right? Like there's Lithuanian and French and Brit British, right? Um, and so we, we understand that our community is big and diverse and full of lots of different opinions. And we've tried to get a ton of folks who both have authentic connections to all these different communities, but also understand where to mobilize and how to mobilize as well. And what, one of the things that we saw is with the selection of Kamala Harris, I think that South Asians, Kamala Devi Harris, South Asians really feel seen in a way uh, that they haven't been seen before. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, even just when you look at data, you know, I, I've always been kind of fascinated with how it's very difficult to properly track some of these identities on the, the way data is collected. Usually we're all in some kind of Asian block, which just includes so many communities, you know, Pacific Islanders and East Asians and South Asians. And so, you know, it can be that we just don't even really have the best data to know um, where are the South Asian voters and how do we mobilize them and how do we reach out to them? So, you know, you, it, it, I can tell that your organization's doing a lot of work to be able to harness that data. What, what does the groundwork look like? I mean, leading up to November, where I can't even believe it, we're, you know, less than three months. We're still in the middle of pandemic, trying to stay safe and healthy and engaged and happy. You know, how, yeah. how are you guys doing that? What does the groundwork look like? What's the critical stuff between now and November? Yeah. So I think that's, yeah, that's a great question. And it's a really one that we've like been grappling with, particularly like after March or April, we're like, oh no, how do we do this? Um, but I think like starting with your, your point on the data, you're completely right. Like historically, the data has been really, really bad in terms of like clumping together community that like really there's so many different identities in that. So we've actually been doing, as a team, have been working on efforts to like disaggregate some of that data. So we're like doing micro targeting of like finding people based, like who would be part of what community so we can like organize them in a way that's like beneficial to them and not just saying like you're one big Asian voting blocks like let's just get you all out to the polls. So I think that's like one key thing that we're doing. Um, in terms of other groundwork that we're laying, um, we are doing an extensive both like phone banking program where we meet every Saturday. We've been averaging at least a thousand to fifteen hundred calls a week and that's just like within three weeks of starting. So we hope to scale that. Um, exponentially over the next couple of weeks. We're also looking into text banking options and we'll be launching that soon. Um, Karthik can speak on this a little bit, but he's working on some great content creation um, that is shared widely across um, the community. We're also working on building a really um, solid relational organizing program that connects back to the fact that like people have these distinct identities and they have like community that embody that. So how can we make sure that they're using their personal networks to get really critical information out about voting, which is even more important this year during a pandemic. Like we need people to know like 
who can vote by mail? How can they do that? Like, what is the safest way to go vote? When should they go mail their ballots? And all those important questions that we're trying to get answered and make sure that information is thoroughly spread across the community. And one of the things that we've been really proud of on our phone banking sessions is we've been able to get um, Democratic candidates for the Texas House to come speak um, and also answer questions from South Asians. And I think that no one's been doing that as systematically across the entire state because our community's needs uh, matter, right? In terms of like people's healthcare, uh, their views on gun reform, et cetera. And so being able to actually have Texas House uh, candidates meet our community and say, these are what we, the issues that we care about is really powerful in terms of inspiring South Asians like what you guys are doing to remain further involved in the civic engagement process. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm one thing I'm hearing um, definitely is a focus on you know, the Texas legislature, and I know Beto O'Rourke, um, you know, made that his focus this year. I think a lot of people are wondering what is Beto to care about, you know, in 2020, kind of knowing that um, he has a, a you know, grassroots uh, base to be able to mobilize for something, and that's what he focused on. Um, what what about this Texas state politics seems, you know, to you, it sounds like maybe the most critical thing for your org. What, what about Texas state politics is, is so important to you? Do you want me to say this? I think one of the most important things to me, like just making it personal, right? Because we can talk about like broad ideological things, but like when you look how other countries that are developed like, like uh, South Korea, Taiwan have handled this pandemic versus the Texas state government. It's like, a, I was supposed to get married on May uh, 29th and then I postponed it and now I have to postpone it another year. And I know that's so true for so many theses in our community. And I think that um, one of the things that we're really focusing on as we're mobilizing South Asian voters is the terrible pandemic response that we've seen from um, a party that, uh, sorry to get too partisan here, but from a GOP that is both ignorant of science um, and unwilling to have basic things like wear a mask, right? Like when we saw what Lena Hidalgo in, in Houston led early on, faced a lot of criticism for it. And then finally, we ended up having to have a mask ordinance anyway, right? And, and we see the, the COVID numbers steadily climbing while a lot of teachers, I'm an ex-teacher, I don't know what I would have done this year, um, are afraid about going back to schools. And so in terms of like the overall state government, one of the reasons we're so passionate about flipping the Texas House is because we think that's the next step in terms of uh, flipping the entire state of Texas. And that's gonna start uh, next cycle with like flipping out the governor. Yeah, the one thing I would add to that, I think that when we were thinking about why is the strategy important, I think like a lot of the apathy we see from people who like don't want to vote is because they think that their vote doesn't matter, right? Because like, are you gonna, like, I mean, I think there's always this question of like this big national political scene, like what does me as an individual voter in Texas have to say about that? And while I don't, I still think every vote is very, very important. I think people can really see the impact they can make at a state house. And like when you poll people and ask them what issues they care about, most of those things are much more closely aligned with like local politics and state level politics. And I think like being able to draw that connection can really get people excited. And we like particularly have mapped out, yes, while we focus on like the nine that are flippable, we've also basically mapped out the districts that have where South Asians could be deciding to vote, right? I mean, for example, there's a couple of seats in Collin County that were lost by like 
less than 500 votes and 30,000 Desi people live there, right? It's like me and invi- like Karthi could invite, tell everyone that is invited to his wedding to go vote. Is that a wedding? Yes, and that's it. <laughs> right? And so I think it's like this, this concept of saying like we know where we can make an impact and not that we can't make an impact on national politics. Like we really want to like give our volunteers and others involved this like sense of like pride and like the work that we did. And so I think we strategically also thought about like what that looks like for our organization and its growth. That's great. That actually uh, kind of segues me to ask you guys, you know, we uh, just did a webinar on how to become more engaged, how to become an engaged voter, engaged citizen, um, an engaged non-citizen, right? There's so many ways as somebody who lives here in the United States that you can influence your community and partake in the political process. So, um, what would you tell um, our followers and listeners, you know, how could they, one, get engaged um, with your organization and generally, you know, between now and November, what, what's your message to our followers? You know, something that I might not have asked, but you, you want them to hear. Um, what would that be? Uh, Karthik, I'll start with you. Yeah, so uh, I think what I would say is like, it's time to get involved because uh, this is one of the most important elections in our lifetime for, for climates, for this future stability, for, for getting out of our houses and having our weddings once we get rid of COVID. So I would say get involved and volunteer, especially if you're down to vote blue. Um, uh, so we host a phone bank, as, as Hannah said, every Saturday from two to four. Um, and if, if you're interested in volunteering, you can go to www.theyc S-E-E, blue.com. So that's where people can get involved. And we're both creating content like memes, videos, articles, op-eds, as well as contacting voters through text and uh, phone banking outreach. And we also have a big Facebook group uh, at They See Blue Texas as well. And so those are all resources for folks that are interested in joining and helping get involved with volunteering. And Henna, turn it over to you. Yeah. I think Karthik hit on the key things. We'd love to have more people get involved. And if you maybe, I think the biggest question we get is like, I don't have a bunch of time. Like we have no minimal time requirement. You can literally make in an hour, you can call 50 voters, which is like awesome. Right. And that's like, we're currently working on getting like a rapid dialogue. You'll be able to call more than 50 people in an hour. So even if you can join us for 30 minutes on a Saturday, please do. Um, and if you have other time requirements where you can't join on a Saturday, we're happy to, to work with you and find a way to get you plugged in. And I think to the point earlier about people who are um, maybe not voting this cycle, I think like there's still an opportunity to shape like the way that things happen and like what your future looks like. I think we, I've been so excited. We've had a couple of high school students on our calls who are like not even eligible to vote. So there was one of our high school students um, yesterday was like, can you, can like, can I do something else? Like I have a lot of time. Can I help with something else? And I was like, wait, can you even vote? And she was like, I can't, but I love telling other people to go vote. And I was like, that makes me so happy. So I feel like there is a role for everyone to play in this system while it might see like it's closed off for some, but I think happy to find a place for you. So come do visit our website, theyseeblue.com, and one of us will give you a call once you sign up. Awesome. I so much appreciate both of you joining us today. Um, it's great speaking with you. I just want to remind our listeners, Wise Up Texas is a nonpartisan and nonprofit organization We welcome interviews with candidates and political leaders, community leaders who want to reach out to our South Asian followers. Why is it this does not endorse any candidates or any political party? 
You can find a recording of this podcast on most platforms where podcasts are available and select episodes air on Radio Azad here in Dallas area. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, don't forget, get educated, get wiser, and start giving a hoot with Wise of Texas. Thank you.